Hello and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm KW Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And this week is the second of two episodes where we talk to Luke Elliott and James Bailey from the podcast Ink to Film. I think we want to also make sure that so you guys have such a very specific topic on your podcast, and it's pretty much, you know, adaptations of the book to the movie or the TV show. But that means that you don't really get to cover, like you were starting to talk about music and video games, Luke, and, you know, those mm-hmm. may not be things that you get to talk about as much. So this is kind of your chance to, what are those, <laughs> what are those things, those pop culture texts that you don't actually get to talk about on your own show? And the struggle is real because like we talk all the time about like, oh, is there any way we can cover this? And then we kind of often one of us has to pull the other one back and go, you know, it's not really within our wheelhouse. Sometimes we'll do it as like a bonus Patreon thing. But even then, like we realize that people still expect a certain thing from the Ink to Film podcast, when, even when they're Patreon subscribers, to where when we start getting really a far field, it's starting to stretch a little bit of like sort of our our MO for the podcast. Um and so I think that's one of the like one of the cool things about our show is that people can come and expect a certain thing, but it is tough when there's so many things that I would love to be able to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for for the opportunity. <laughs> I have a few things I wrote down, knowing this was potentially coming up. <laughs> like I was saying before, you know, my my tastes do sort of range pretty widely, and I was thinking about like, well, what what music am I really into right now? And a few things came to mind on one one sort of end of the spectrum. I'm really into sort of electronic pop, like synth pop, dream pop, stuff like that. There's this band called Churches, which um, I feel is almost this like we were talking. You were talking about the Cranberries on on an episode Mm -hmm. recently. And I know they're Irish and and, uh, Churches is Scottish. But um, (laughs) there's sort of a similar like overlap and like space they take up in my mind. And and, um, I I really enjoy their stuff. And and they have a new single out right now called He Said, She Said that I'm really enjoying. I'm going to have to go look that up. Yeah. A very, very recent find for me, like literally within the last week, is this British indie art rock psychedelic dream pop band called Glass Animals. Ooh. And they have a 2020 album called Dreamland. And there's two songs off of that that have just been like on repeat for me recently. And that's one's called Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which might be familiar to <laughs> people who know that nice. show. That's the name of the track, though. And then they have another song called Heat Waves, which I think is really, really excellent. And, and that shows like that one side of my, my musical taste. And then the other side, my, my, my darker side, my more horror side, like in, in, when it comes to fiction, I like heavier music, too. So there's the band Gojira that I've been a fan of for a long time. They are a French progressive groove and death metal band. Ooh. And they tend to focus on like environmental animal rights and stuff like that in their music. And they had an album come out in 2021 called Fortitude. And the two songs I would recommend off of that one, if people wanted to check them out, is there's a song called Amazonia and another one called Born for One Thing. And uh, Amazonia in particular was written about the deforestation uh, in the Amazon. And they were able to raise, I think, $300,000 to go to a bunch of the indigenous people in that area and and try and combat deforestation. So I I love that they're this like extremely heavy, brutal, progressive death metal band. And they have these like (laughs) really cool messages behind their music. And I I really love them. They're like one of my favorites right now. So yeah, two very, very different genres of music. (laughs) And and that kind of shows what I'm talking about. Like I really do like, I just like good stuff. And like, that's ultimately my taste. It's like, High quality, 
there's a message behind it. There's like intention behind it. It tends to not just be fluff. So when I when I'm talking about pop that I like, and I think Churches stands up to this, it's not just like put together for a hook and that's it. There's something more going on there that that I really jive with, and you know, I, at least I think so. Awesome. I didn't expect or plan to talk about music, but since Luke got to <laughs> Luke, Luke got to talk about his music, I'd love to talk about music very quickly. Sure. Yeah. So. There's a rapper named J. Cole. I don't know if you're all familiar, but he just dropped a new album called The Off Season. And this man is, in my opinion, one of our greatest living lyricists. Oh. He's he's a poet. And I absolutely recommend checking out his work. He's he's able to do this thing where like he's bridging the gap between, like, like I said, pure poetry and bringing it to the masses in a way that I think is really awesome. And then so this this album, The Off Season, I've been listening to like it came out like last week and I've been listening to it nonstop. What what what's the track off of that you'd recommend? Oh, uh, let me let me pull up the track list. <laughs> I I gotta throw James a curveball. That's what I pretty much always do on the podcast. <laughs> My problem is I don't remember the names of the the titles right now. Hold on, it just came out a week ago, Luke. Jesus. <laughs> now I have the mother we share by Churches stick in my head. Mm, great song. Yeah, yeah. There's so many. I really really like them a lot. Okay. So one that I've been listening to a lot is called My Life. I really, I, I just think it's one of the best songs on the album. There's also a really interesting track on there called Interlude that I've listened to a lot. But this is, you know, hip hop isn't necessarily like my, my specific genre that I like to listen to, but my brother got me into it and a lot of friends growing up got me into it. And so just to see someone like J. Cole come out with a new album is like a massive thing. That I wanted to show like the ranges of my uh, musical taste as well. I tend to, when I'm working out, listen to j-pop which is japanese pop yeah, music yeah. that you would just typically associate with like anime <laughs> and uh i find it to be like one of the most like the 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 beats per minute in those in that music like really helps me like if i'm running so i love to listen to that kind of stuff as, as well so like my my uh my spotify like at the end of the year is always filled with like like japanese characters that i don't know the title <laughs> name for and stuff like that's awesome anything other than music oh yeah you, video games yeah or? we both play lots of video games i know that i recently got james into hades i have like yeah. played the hell out of that game uh, hello. Uh. Um, it, <laughs> <laughs> i literally like it's my workout game so i play it on the on the switch every time i work out and i've got it da- basically down to like the length of a workout while i'm like doing cardio is like the oh, length cool. of a run on that game i don't know how many times i've beat it now i think i'm like well over 200 hours on it Oh wow! But I'm at the point now where I'm getting like I needed. I probably need to get a new game. <laughs> but <laughs> the other one, the big one, is I've been playing Resident Evil Seven, which I oh. just recently beat because I wanted to be ready for to play Resident Evil Eight, which just <laughs> came out uh, recently. Resident Evil Village, it's also called. And I just started that. I think like last night or something for the first time. Very cool. Um, I, I'm a fan of the Resident Evil franchise. I've I've played most of them over the years. It's always been one of those horror games that I've enjoyed to, to go back to. That, it's, that's a style of game I do enjoy a lot. So, yeah, hopefully it ends up being really good. I've heard good things. Looking forward to getting to that game more. I've seen the large woman. The large the woman is uh, have, you, have you seen famous? Her yet? Yeah, no, I haven't seen her in the game yet. No, I saw a very large okay, man with a big posted. hammer, but no, no large <laughs> women yet. <laughs> Recently, Luke, like he said, he got me on Hades. I've been playing a ton of Hades. There's also a game called Valheim, which is sort of like a survival Minecraft type game. It's based around like Viking culture, and so you like 
you know, build the stronghold and travel out to the fight bosses and things like that and try to get resources to survive. I've also been playing a little bit of Sea of Thieves, which is kind of like a pirate first person pirate game where you have friends come on and like pull the sails while you, you know, it's a, it's pretty it's almost like a pirate simulator, honestly. <laughs> so those those have been fun. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Demon Souls with Luke actually oh, yeah. as well on our PS5s. We both we both love the Souls games in general. Fans yeah. of this, yeah, they're great. Yeah, I I would like to roll this quickly into other things uh, like a TV show that I've been watching a lot recently, which I've sworn by for a long time is Handmaid's Tale. The new season is coming out actively. Yes, it continues to be really incredible. I. Uh, in some ways find it frustrating but ultimately that's like it's like one of the best shows on tv right now there are a couple of like plot things that i keep getting frustrated with but like i said incredible performances unbelievable show overall and that brings me into i you know this is already a popular movie but i do want to bring more attention to it it's promising young woman Mm -hmm. that was nominated and i actually think it won best adapted screenplay at the at the oscars this year just like it's a it's a Featured debut for uh, Emerald Fennel, and it's honestly one of the most confident films I've seen in recent years for a, for a debut like that. And it's like I told Luke as soon as I watched it, I was like, "This is a Luke movie, like a hundred percent. Like you have to see this movie because it's so clever. It's so it's it's so darkly funny, and like there's so much great stuff going on in it." A huge shout out to that movie. And one other one that I want to shout out, which is kind of like a like a filmmakery one, is is uh, Mank by David Fincher recently. I, I know like there will be people who don't like it necessarily, but if you if you're a person that likes film history and you like Citizen Kane and you're familiar with a lot of the goings on and you know that David Fincher is like just one of, you know, is just an incredible director, Mank is definitely worth your time. And Gary Oldman's performance is amazing in it as well. You talked about that a little bit on our Gone Girl coverage when we got into David Fincher. So that's cool. And I, The Promising Young Woman I haven't seen yet. I, I just don't watch enough. I really want to watch more movies outside of the podcast, but I tend to just watch the stuff we cover <laughs> for the most part. Honestly, like one of the things I've been watching recently uh, is not a very exciting answer, but it's the new season of Top Chef. <laughs> they're in they're in <laughs> oh, Portland cool. this year. Oh. I I don't I haven't typically watched Top Chef. In fact, I don't watch a lot of reality TV in general. But there was something about the idea of them filming a season during COVID nineteen, uh, you know, mm-hmm. pandemic, and and all the you know demonstrations that had were happening in portland over the last year and that's sort of the backdrop for this season of the show and i thought that that was really interesting that idea and i love portland as a city and i like the idea of a show that also tries to talk about like what makes portland awesome and it does that in the show and uh so yeah i've been enjoying that it's been what i've been watching with my wife and uh really loving very cool awesome i do want to go go back and touch on a couple things you mentioned so have you done an episode on the handmaid's tale Ooh, no good, good, yeah. it's in a it's in a poll right it's now in a poll okay. right now yeah, that are, yeah, that, yeah so thank you for the plug actually yeah. all right if <laughs> sure. you're if you're a patron of the ink to film podcast you can actively vote in that in that poll right now it's one of four other what what are the other three Ooh, do you yeah remember? uh Luke? we are the other ones on the poll are colson whitehead's the underground railroad which is a Ooh. new adaptation on amazon prime i think Barry Jenkins, which Barry I'm very Jenkins, excited, yeah, yeah, to check which, out. Which uh, we covered with Beale Street Could Talk, if Beale Street Could Talk, which was an excellent, excellent project. So that's one of them. And then, yeah, Margaret Atwood and Handmaid's Tale, season one of that. I haven't seen any of the show because I've known oh. that it's one we might tackle at some point. So I've been holding off. So I would love to get into that. And then, uh, let's see, Shirley Jackson and the first season of 
uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. Do that one. Everyone everyone, go vote for that one. <laughs> I also have held off on seeing because I wanted to cover it on the podcast. So I haven't seen it. I haven't ever read the novel. I'm mm. like so excited to possibly do that. And then what is the fourth one? Oh, um, Little Fires Everywhere, oh. which is another one that comes highly recommended from some, several of our listeners. Yes. I know probably the least about that one, but it does look really interesting and um, it would definitely be a cool one if that one wins. And yeah, right now, our, in any of our patrons, if you're a patron for our podcast, you can vote on that. Uh, I think it's got like about a week left on the poll. So I don't know how many days it'll be left when this comes out, but probably at least a few. Probably probably one. Maybe one. <laughs> <laughs> Get on there quick. <laughs> I was curious because The Handmaid's Tale is one of those ones where the adaptation has gone on longer than the source material. Yeah. So. I was just kind of curious if you covered anything like that and how you approach it. You just lightly touched on some of my frustration with the adaptation <laughs> currently. I would agree. Okay. I would agree with you there without spoiling any listeners that I'm watching the current season and it's been a little. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoy it. It just feels like they've gotten past the books at this yeah. point. You know, it, it feels like. It, yeah, the, the key example for that, I think, is Game of Thrones which we actually did cover the first season of. We, we went and covered, you know, the novel of Game of Thrones in the first season. And we are both fans, you know, like, and this was before the final season came out. And we were very excited. And you go listen to those episodes and it's like, oh, you sweet summer child. We were so <laughs> excited. <laughs> and uh, we, were, we were both in the camp of not liking the final season, in case that wasn't clear. So uh, and that's another situation where, you know, you, you were just talking about sometimes the things, out, you know, get ahead of their source material and sometimes it doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. Not to say it can never go well, but it it often doesn't. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That maybe that does say something about adaptations. It's worth worth thinking about. <laughs> and the other thing you brought up, Luke, Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you guys have, if you've done any episodes with the adaptation that's based on something other than a book, so like a video game or a board game or something. Yeah, that's uh, that's a topic we've returned to many times. It's like, oh, we, well, we could do this because it's based off of this video game, or it's based off of you know. Technically, yeah, technically we did Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, so we've done some that, comics. You know, it was, a, it was a comic, but it was a comic first, and then it goes into a video game, and then yeah. a, and I guess the film was kind of around the same time as the video game. Yeah, and so we've done some comics, and that was something that I was sort of resistant to early on because. Like that's a massive genre, like you know, or, or or medium, I should say, that has a ton of different options that we could get into. And I, I didn't want it to become a comics podcast because that's like a whole other thing it could be. But we've been we've been kind of picky about it and found certain ones that made sense for us. And I, you know, I've, I've enjoyed. I'm also very new to comics. I don't know a lot about them, so uh, I was coming in like it's hard for me to really apply my fiction writer brain to comics sometimes. But there's enough overlap there to where I, I've been pretty comfortable talking about it. I, I always try to, as a comic reader, I always try to like lure him into like more and more comic yeah. stuff. <laughs> but no, we haven't done any video games yet. We've talked about the possibility, but then it's like, what does that look like? We just play a video game a bunch and then we try and it's hard to translate it to our particular kind of coverage we do. Right. Yeah. There are some more narrative based ones like The Last of Us, which is like one of my favorite video games of all time. It's being adapted by the, the showrunner who did uh, Chernobyl recently on HBO, which I thought was incredible. So I'm very excited about this possible adaptation or this upcoming adaptation on HBO of a, of a video game. So I'm like, if we're ever going to do it, maybe that would be one. But I don't know. Again, it's 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 the debate of like, is that truly within what we've set out to do? Or is that maybe stretching it a little bit? 
we would just have to read the screenplay of the of the game or something yeah. you know like try to treat it like that if that's a, I've, if there's a novelization there might be a graphic novel cool. novelization or something sometimes they do that for certain projects but anyway Hard to know. We are we are about to cover. Um, we've done some anime and some stuff like that. So like we 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 stretch a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're about to do Paprika, which is an anime based off of a off of a novel. One thing we've talked about maybe doing in the future is something like Pan's Labyrinth, where there's a famous novelization based oh. off of the film, and reading mm-hmm. both the novelization and the and and doing the film and like talking about that almost in reverse almost almost like a film to ink project oh that's fun <laughs> again it's like a little bit outside of what we do but at least would be the same kind of material and it could be mm-hmm. interesting to look at i was going to actually ask you about novelizations that that's a whole different writing skill and i actually on spec wrote a doctor who episode novelization for a company that was trying to get the rights to that and so I had a certain word count I was supposed to hit and could not look at the script, could only base it on the episode. And it was really fun, but it was very hard. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And then it didn't get picked up. So I did all that work for no for no reason. <laughs> but, but you end up having to put in little points of view moments and stuff that still doesn't mess up anything with the continuity of the real show as it goes. So you have to know the piece very well. But it was interesting to try to get inside the head of characters that you don't see their inner points of view on screen. So that was fun, yeah. but it was really hard. That's very cool. What what doctor was that around? It was um, the episode Smith and Jones with the 10th Doctor and Martha. Very cool. Yeah. I love David Tennant, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> big, yeah. big David Tennant fan. He was, he was one of the best doctors for sure. But so, yeah, it was really fun. I, I did a lot of POV scenes from Martha's point of view, but it was like... It was so hard to try to sort of fill in those gaps of things, what could be going on between the scenes, while still also rendering all the scenes as accurately as possible and rewinding and noting each little, it's it's a whole art form unto itself to do those. So I commend people who do it a lot. <laughs> I think I've only read like one or two novelizations. So it's, it's something I'm very, like, I'm not very familiar with. So I am interested with the idea of like, it's almost like a reverse adaptation in that way, right? Like you're adapting mm-hmm. a film into back into a fiction medium. And yeah. what does that look like? What kind of struggles do people go through? I, I do think at some point we're going to do it. And honestly, I think Pan's Labyrinth might be the one we do. But maybe maybe that'll open the door for us doing some others. Like I've heard there's some really famous ones out there for like Star Wars and stuff like that people talk about. Like or, you know, I don't know. I, I, I can't remember them now off the top of my head. But there's been a few that people are like, oh, you should actually do the novelization of this because the novelization is this amazing book mm-hmm. based off of this movie that like a lot of people felt like didn't quite hit the mark. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you really love if you love the potential, you should go read the novelization because that's where it's at. So yeah. I don't know. It sounds cool. I will say the adaptation of Revenge of the Sith is incredible. Is that, maybe that's the one that I've yeah. heard of. People are like, you, yeah, you should read the novelization of Revenge of the Sith. I think that's the one. Yeah. yeah. Like Matthew Stover did not have to go as hard as he did, but he did. And I thank him for it. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that movie was very disappointing. Yeah. So yeah, I would be excited oh. to read it to me at least. I, I know, uh, James, you defend the prequels a little bit more than I do, but. Revenge of the Sith is the best of the tr- of that trilogy, so we can we can start talking about Star Wars for a while. I'll never know because I'm never going to watch them again, <laughs> unless, yeah. we, unless we cover them. You I really know. should. You really should. Yeah. Oh no. I'm not saying that. Like, Attack of the Clones is really really bad. Yeah. But we'll, we'll cover. <laughs> oh, that's can, that's for another Harry's time. Harry's going to start crying. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Well, I'm going to steer you away from that. <laughs> but something like Pan's Labyrinth could be really interesting because yeah. 
I don't know that much about Guillermo del Toro, but I it feels like he's really involved in the novelization. I think he might have written stuff. It. Yeah. Right. I yeah. I think he either writes them or co writes mm -hmm. them. So that could be an interesting project just to see, you know, oh, this wouldn't fit in the movie or like it's it wasn't as visual as it needed to be, but he felt it was essential to the novelization, which I don't know, that could be really a cool look into his brain. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, I'm I think we might do it. Awesome. I'm curious about one other thing when we when it comes to your own creative work. Has this has doing this podcast and analyzing the idea of adaptation has it influenced your own writing in respectively screenplay writing and and noveling noveling novel noveling <laughs> my own noveling yeah <laughs> absolutely uh, it it has been my continuing education I did go to Viable Paradise Writers Workshop but beyond that the podcast has been one of my like key sources of just educating myself and learning, you know, more and more and reading widely, reading different genres and stuff that I wouldn't necessarily have chosen to read left to my own devices. Sometimes that's good, right? Like, it's like forcing me to read stuff that is not necessarily something I would have just chosen on my own. I think it, it broadens the sort of scope and the my concepts of like what can make a story and what can make a good story. And so when I'm writing, like right now, I have some short fiction that I've published that one of them's a sort of surreal fantasy and the other one is kind of cosmic horror and that like that especially that cosmic horror piece was probably heavily influenced by covering annihilation and and sort of thinking about cosmic horror in that way and then um even the other one the the surreal fantasy maybe a little bit from like house moving castle because i was inspired by miyazaki and i kind of had a miyazaki feel in mind when i was writing it so yeah i mean a lot of that stuff has spilled over and then the novel i'm working on now is this underwater neo-western sci-fi novel that's got like underwater gunfights and sentient cephalopods and i think it's kind of one of its primary influences is the expanse which is another one that we have covered on the podcast among other things but you know so yeah touching in all these different things and stuff i can bring to my work and then i think about it all the time while i'm writing of like what what am i trying to do what is the audience for this what are the expectations that i've come to realize are associated with this kind of story and how do I want to either meet them or subvert them or you know where, where can I break convention in interesting ways and make sure that I'm doing it with a with a good idea in mind as to why I want to do it that way so yeah I mean it absolutely has affected everything I do creatively yeah and and for me like a lot of the filmmakers that I that I respect talk a lot about like you need to read widely to to broaden yourself even as a filmmaker and something that coming into the podcast I wasn't very confident in the fact that like I felt like I wanted to write as much as I felt like I maybe wanted to adapt and, and direct other people's writing. And as time has gone on, I realized more and more how like I do have a grasp on like what kinds of things I would like to write. And ultimately, like I do think that I would like to be a writer in addition to a filmmaker. And, and like it, it's this interesting. I don't know. It's given me a lot more confidence with with like the idea of things that I feel like I'm capable of doing. And in that way, like Luke said, the continuing education, I think it's continued to be education for myself as well, because a lot of the classes that I took in, you know, in film school is like looking at a film, breaking down scenes, talking about intention of the of the artists in, in those ways. And just continuing to do that has only helped me. And, you know, I, you know, in the long run, I would like to write and direct, whereas I think, uh, Coming into the podcast, I would have told you that I was I was more of just a director. Like I wanted to just direct. 
Very cool. That's really cool. I love how even even in our project, our podcast, we don't get as in-depth as you guys do, but I think everything that I consume at least always sort of feeds that creative drive, even if, you know, it might not translate directly into, oh, this sort of inspired my story. It's still it's still a part of my creative tapestry, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people find your own project? Well, not only your podcast together, but your own individual projects and heavily promote your, your stuff. That you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love for people to uh, maybe follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luminous Luke on there. I do have a website that is LukeElliotAuthor.com. Uh, it's two L's, two T's, and Elliot. Um, that's you can find links to the short fiction that I have published on there. And if I have any news about the novel, I'll definitely make sure to share it. Share it as, as soon as I have anything to share. As far as the podcast, pod, as far as the podcast goes, excuse me, we have our website inktofilm.com, and we are available on every major podcatcher there is. Um, and then also we have a YouTube channel, which is uh, slowly growing. So we'd love to have you come and subscribe to us on there. Awesome. Yeah. And then in terms of the future for me, I, I continue to work on projects. Actually, just last week, uh, worked as a second assistant director on a on a proof of concept for, for Netflix. There, it's, a, it's a sort of it's a story about John Horse. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's a Florida centric story because I live in Florida. And uh, Osceola is, an, is a really notable seminal warrior who basically the short is called Unconquered. And it's it's uh, about how the Seminole tribe was never they never surrendered in any way. And I was really I was really proud of the fact that I got to work on this project with some amazing people. And uh, that was just last week. So going forward, there's there's some other stuff that that I'm working on. There's a feature film at the end of June and all of that stuff as it develops a little more and it starts to come out like I would definitely push people towards my my Twitter is at Jane Bale, J-A-M-E underscore B-A-I-L. And then our social media, I'll, I'll be sure to on Ink to Film if any of that stuff comes out to where it's it's possible for people to check it out. I, I would definitely like share it out there as well. So check out Ink to Film on on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ink to Film. Awesome! Thank you so cool. much for having us on. Thank this you. was a lot of fun, and uh, you know it's it's great to follow up our our awesome conversation we had about Shadow and Bone on our podcast. So if yes. if you're a listener of Pods Pop and you haven't checked out our episode on Shadow and Bone that uh, we did with KW and Carrie definitely, definitely do. It was very fun. Yes, we had a great time with that. Thank you. We did. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for inviting us. That was super great. I'm so excited that they joined us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Next week, we're bringing you something special. We're bringing you some fun memories with classic episodes of Pause Pop while we take a little summer vacation. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at KWTaylorWriter. And me at Carrie Gessner. And you can find us together on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. If you'd rather email us, you can do that at PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. You can also find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop.